0: Second Chronicles, and uh, in fact, maybe we just stand for a moment, just a short moment here. Will you do that, please? We stand for a while here, and uh, the Lord is coming. I know we've, we've always said that, and that's the problem. We get used to the idea of saying it's coming. He said, well, well, when are they going to show up? We didn't see It's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. As that's worth the wait. Amen. Praise God. Alright, in Second Chronicles chapter thirty-six, and I promise not to overfeed you. That to be a big challenge. My mother always cooked extravagant. And put the table out big extravagant. And you just eat the gorged and swell in all different directions. And I carry on the same spiritually. And you guys are laughing. I can see you got the same problem I have too. Amen. I have no scripture for dieting, I have a lot of scriptures for feasting. I don't have any dieting in the Bible, but a lot of feasting in the Lord. Praise God. 36th chapter of the book of 10 Chronicles, and verse 17. In fact, in verse uh, 14 to 16. And this scripture is going to tell you why the nation of Israel is where they are. Also, I want to tell you this. If Saul didn't mess up, David would not have become king. If Esau had messed up, Jacob would not have been the one where Abraham Isaac and Jacob, he would have said Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. That's what he should have said, Amen. And if the angels didn't mess up. It wouldn't be one third back in the heavens. Taking with the devil, the demons fallen, where Satan fell from, and the angels, the demons. That's where we're going. They fell from where they are, and. Uh, Sometimes it's you have to rejoice that somebody fell. Because their fall is our reconciliation. Because they fall I'm promoted. Because they demise I, I'm qualified. They disqualify myself and I'm qualified. When Uph and, I and Phineas messed up, Samuel fit right in. And I hate to tell you, but truth true. Sometimes it's good when somebody's fallen. That we might rise up. Amen. And the fall of Israel is the opportunity of the church. Because she fell, God put his hand on us. And sometimes it's good when people are broken off, but I may be drafted in. I have no idea whose place whose place I've taken, but I've taken somebody's place. I believe I've taken somebody's place that should have been, could have been and they did not become. And I'm, I'm in their place and I'm glad the priesthood was supposed to be the Levitical priesthood but God replaced it with the uh, Melchizedek priesthood. And the first Adam should have been the guy who with all the glory and the honor and the power but he fell. And so the last Adam take over. And I'm so glad I was in the right place at the right time Fit right in. And church, don't you worry about it. Just be in the right place. Be an opportunist. Ready to get a hold of the birthright. Be there ready to get fit right in. Praise God. This is not the fall down time, it's the rise of time. And the Bible says in Chronicles, Second Book of Chronicles, it says in verse 14. In fact, verse thirteen says, and he Zedekiah rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear by God. But he stiffened his neck and hardened his heart from journeying unto the Lord God of Israel. Moreover, all the chiefs of the priests and the people transgressed very much after the abomination of the heathen and polluted the, the house of the Lord which he had hallowed in Jerusalem. And the Lord God of their fathers sent to them, by his messengers Rising up betimes Sending Because he had compassion On his people And on the dwelling place But they mocked The people mocked The messengers of God Despised his word Misused his prophets Until the wrath of the Lord Arose against his people Till there was no remedy now, that's the beginning of the fall of Israel. They, they, they run out of uh, tolerance for the word of God and the message, and they abuse and misuse the messengers. They stone them, kill them. Jesus said, How often I would have gathered you, but you wouldn't have it. You stone them that are sent. You crucify them. And you're going to do the same thing to me. Now, in verse 17, here is the beginning of the destruction of Jerusalem. This is long after David made Jerusalem the capital of Israel. The beautiful capital. This is long after Solomon had built his, his, his illustrious temple that was so great it became one of the wonders of the world. It was marvelously built. And God planned to burn it down. And God Plan to break down every wall and every gate in Jerusalem, because of verse 11 to verse 16. Therefore he brought upon them the king of the Chaldeans, modern-day Iraq, who slew their young men with a sword in the house of their sanctuary, what a place, and had no compassion upon the young man or the maiden, old man or him that stooped for age. He gave them all into his hand. And all the vessels of the house of God, great and small, and the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasure of the king of the princes, all these he brought to Babylon, and they burn the house of God, and break down the walls of Jerusalem, and burn all the palaces thereof with fire and destroyed all the goodly vessels thereof. And then that escaped from the sword, he carried to Babylon. That's how come Daniel, Cedric, and Meshach, and Abednego were found there, where they were servants to him and his sons until the reign of the king of Persia. Persia mean Iran. To fulfill the word of the Lord, by the mouth of Jeremiah, whom they threw in a pit, they finally murdered him, unto the land and enjoyed her Sabbath, because every seven and seventy years they were supposed to let go all the slaves, the cancel all debt. Israel would not do it. And they would not keep the Sabbath when they should have. For as long as she lay desolate at the land, she kept her Sabbath. God said, do not plant anything on the seventh year. Leave the land alone on the eighth and the ninth year plant. But they, they reject that and disobeyed God. So, to fulfill three score and ten years. You may be seated. Verse 22. Now you heard and now you've read why Israel back then lost her glory. Let me pull this out to you here. On oh, this is the diagram here, this is the guy that God brought against Israel and gave her seventy years of captivity. Point on this if you would please. In the land of Babylon, which is Iraq today, in Jeremiah twenty-five eleven and Jeremiah thirty-nine one to ten, it's mentioned how they went into captivity. Now, this—that's the tribe of Judah. That's the two and a half tribes that went into captivity in 606 B.C. But her sister, which is the northern tribe, they first went into captivity, ten tribes, into Assyria, which is today Syria, in 721 B.C. And they never came back till the year 2000. That's a long time. From 721 B.C. to year 2000, the northern tribe never came back but what we notice here if you notice the difference between the time frame from 975 BC when the northern tribe went into captivity to 606 when the our sister went into captivity almost over 300 years the, the second half stayed in the power while the other is banished away around the world now Jeremiah, the prophet, told them, if they, Judah, if she don't repent, God will send her away for this guy for 70 years. They didn't believe him. In fact, they killed him eventually. They killed him. Murdered him. But he said 70 years. But that's not all he said. He prophesied that after 70 years, they would return to their homeland. When you read in verse 22 of 2 Chronicles after 70 years God says he would return and bring them back home God named the king who would succeed Nebuchadnezzar kingdom and called him by name Cyrus God knows your name God picked you for position sometimes the people God, the person God picked the church may not agree with it but that's what God wanted and that's more important than what people wanted and so they, they, God said, Cyrus. here in verse twenty-two, we it the mean. Now, the first year, Cyrus, king of Persia, which is Iran today, the word of the Lord spoken, that the word of the Lord spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, even though he's dead, might be accomplished. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Iran or Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing. Thus said Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth hath the Lord God of heaven given me. He realized who set him up. And he hath charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem. See that? This is after 70 years. as God, let me rebuild what Nebuchadnezzar burned down, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all the people? Of all his people. The Lord is God be with him. Let him go up and what? Bill. Now, remember these words. I just told you a while ago. While Daniel was in captivity, which you just read, that they went into captivity, you read a while ago. And while they're in captivity, God began to talk to Daniel. And while Daniel was in captivity, that's when God gave him all those visions you read in all those twelve chapters of the book of Daniel. Daniel is a slave, a captive to Babylon, King of Iraq. Now Daniel know that God promised promised Israel that after 70 years, there'd be a return. So in chapter 9 of the book of Daniel, you're going to find later on, that Daniel began to pray. So it's okay for me to look at Scripture and timeline and make some uh, appraisal of what should be happening now based on what God said in His Word. I'm going to stand that. Now, the writings are correct. My interpretation may be wrong, but there's nothing wrong with the Scripture. I understand that. Alright, so if it doesn't come to pass what I say, it's not the Scripture that's wrong, it's me that's wrong. I understand that. Okay, it's very plain. Now, Daniel understood in chapter 9 he, that 70 years had accomplished. You can read it. it, says that. He said he understood by by Scripture that 70 years were Transpired and now God should keep his promise. Now he doesn't know the name Cyrus, doesn't know this, but he said, God said he would rebuild. And so he's praying to God the sins of Israel and said, God, please rebuild, 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 do something about this. You promised that. And he's confessing his sins and the sin of Israel instead of his country. And while he's doing an angel called Gabriel flew by him and said, Hey, I'm here to tell talk to you. I want to give you an understanding so you know that from the moment you start praying 21 days ago, God said, tell you, I heard you. And I've answered your prayer. And now I come to give you a skill and understanding for what I'm going to show you right now. I want you to understand what I'm about to tell you. Now, so, Daniel gave us some information we're going to be looking at tonight. And I give some visual aid on the board. I'll show later on to help you understand. But before you go to Daniel nine, at the end of Chronicles, notice it goes right into Ezra in your Bible. Please go there. Ezra, continue where it left off in Chronicles. Are you with me? And so it almost a repetition, word for word, almost the same. As the way the chapter in Chronicles ended. To give us a tie-in. Ezra was raised up to rebuild the temple. Nehemiah was raised up to rebuild the wall. Remember that now. The temple and the wall. The wall of the city of Jerusalem. You read in Chronicles how God destroyed... Uh, their city and their worship. Well, in the book of Kings, obviously, it's also mentioned. It's in 2 Kings 25, you read the same story told three times about the demise of the temple, the demise of the city. He said, Pastor, why do we talk about that? I mean, we're in the 20th century now, because you see, folks, things that you see today didn't start it today. This is a journey. And we've made some mileage. We're coming to a close. And if there's every time to live for God, it's now. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Write these numbers down in your head. In the year 1491, Israel became a nation. B.C. 1491 way in the book of Exodus 20. They became a nation. Are you with me? And then, they ceased to be a nation in 606 B.C. Because they drove them out. They drove them out. And then you're going to find that Israel restored as a nation in 445 B.C. restored by, as a nation. We'll show you in a minute here. And the whole purpose of becoming a nation again and a rebuilt temple is for the purpose of the coming of their Messiah. Literal Messiah. Which is 1 Corinthians 3.16. God in flesh. That's Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And then you're going to find they're going to cut him off, kill him. And when they kill him, Again, they cease to be a nation again. And they're going to lose their temple and lose the city of Jerusalem. This time to the Romans. First they lost it to the Iraqians, the Saladians. Then they got it back under Persia, the king of, si- of, of Persia, which is Cyrus, and Ar- Arcturus. You read the book of Ezra, where the temple was rebuilt, and Nehemiah, where the, where the city was rebuilt, Jerusalem. And then they're going to lose it again in the days of Caesar when they rejected Jesus Christ, killed him, He said, now your city will be desolate. You'll be thrown out of the country. You'll be in trouble. And in 70 A.D. they ceased to be a nation again. They lost their nationhood and they lost their city and they lost their temple again so they're always going through those excursions and they got it back in 1948 1948 they restored as a nation and they got their city back in 1970 in 1967 1970 they got their city and their temple site back but they don't have their temple yet but they got the city back and they've got their nationhood back. And so, they are today in that state where they have their sacred site back, their city back. They don't have their temple built, but they have their nationhood back. And they have the unification of twelve tribes. Now, they're going to sit that way and wait until Jesus returns. And reestablish them as a global kingdom, as they did on the years of David's reign. Now that's what I want to talk to you about. Now, if you can remember all that, it sounds good, it feels good, and you know where you are. You can say Amen. I gave you a quick synopsis where we're going. Now, before Jesus Christ comes for the establishment of an everlasting kingdom. There are three things that are telling us where we are. Number one, the times of the Gentiles, which Daniel told us what it is. It's this image right here. From the head, six oh six started, and it would end at the twelve the ten toes. The ten toes. Now and we know the ten toes are in operation. That's a clock to us. Next clock we know of is called. The budding of a fig tree, which is Israel. When that fig tree buds, we know that Israel is about to be reestablished as she was. Another time clock we have is called the Prophet of Hosea, who was to marry symbolically a divorced wife when they can marry her, which is Israel in symbolism. And the Bible said that marriage represents God remarrying Israel. And so we're told in the scripture she would abide many days without Jesus, without her Messiah, which she did, and she still is without him. And but after two days he would return and restore the marriage relationship. And in the third day, which means a thousand years later, she would live in a sight for a thousand years. Now, we're going to show you some things here on my little chart. Now, I'm going to repeat my chart several times to you to reinforce in your memory what I'm trying to say here. So you have to position yourself in your seat so you can understand what I'm doing here. I'll think I'm sure going to show you and repeat them to you. And by repetition, you will understand. Okay. This is my past studies. I'm running through here. Coming to where I need to go. Not necessarily okay. showing you my chart in sequence of thinking, but I'm going to show you in terms of information. I'm going to repeat them to you over and over till you get it. And, then, and the diagram will be repeated to you several times, so you get several uh, angles from the same setting. All right? How many can hear me and see me? How many can see my chart? All right. Let's go to the chart. This chart here in Daniel chapter 9 is exactly what Daniel saw. Look at that chart. All right. So, what happened when my wife came back? She come my boss, eh? <laughs> Just teasing. <laughs> Which way? This way? All right. Now, in this chart here, Daniel, chapter 9, when you read it, Daniel uses some, some symbolic terms that are very important to us. I expect you to read the entire chapter. Okay? And uh, you can turn off the, back, the background light for a minute, please. Uh, the scripture turn off for a while. No, we don't need it right now. I'm going to show you some things here. Put some lights on here. Good. So. Seventy weeks are determined upon Israel. Okay? Now, I call this scene seven. So, ignore that scene seven for a while, okay? When we're done, we'll go look through it in the sequence of scenery. But I want to show this chart over and over and over and over, so you understand it, okay? All right. What Daniel saw was God said to him through Gabriel, Seventy weeks are determined on the nation of Israel. words, Israel, I give you so many hours to Go from point A to point B. I predetermined how much time it's gonna take. In this case, it's seventy weeks. You know it's not seven-day week, otherwise it would have done already. It's a symbolic term. Comes from when Jacob wanted to marry Rachel, Laban told him, fulfill her week, which means seven years. He worked 14 years to marry Rachel. Rachel it's symbolic of Israel and Jacob relationship. You understand that? And then another thing is, the Jews are taught to forgive each other seven times. In the Old Testament, Jesus changed that and said, no, 70 times seven. So, forgiveness for Israel, right, is 70 times seven. A week for Israel is seven years. Prophetic week. Now, you've got those terms going to come up. So, Daniel told Israel that seven weeks certain things are going to happen after and during the reign of Cyrus. Now, Artaxerxes. So, I'm going to start counting kind of from 4 to 5, for 4 to 5 BC. 445 BC, I mean, before Christ was born. Count now start from there seven weeks. Certain things supposed to happen, I'll tell you what they are later on. So I give you in bits and bites and pieces, all right. And then after those seven weeks are fulfilled, which actually the temple will be rebuilt in seven weeks, starting from 445 BC, a commandment was given. Then the six or two more weeks will go by beyond the seven weeks, and the city of Jerusalem will be rebuilt with me. now so they're going to build first the temple in seven weeks and during the six to two weeks they'll rebuild the wall in the city of Jerusalem and then at the end of the six to two weeks Messiah will be born. And then at the, at the beyond the six to ninth week which is seven plus six to two you six to nine weeks, then what's going to happen? The Messiah will be cut off. All of that is stated in Daniel 9 25, 24, 25. Write scripture down. You read them later. Messiah is cut off. And like Jesus told him, okay, you killed me. You drove me out. You will become desolate. And your city will be taken away from you. Your temple will be burnt down and all that stuff. It happened after Jesus died. Messiah died. Israel ceased to be a nation in Daniel 9:26. In 70 A.D. In 70 A.D. the Roman soldiers came and burned down their temple, just like Nebuchadnezzar did. And the Roman soldiers destroyed their city, just like the Romans did. Because they transgress and kill the Messiah. So Jerusalem has no more Jews or Israelis there. They're gone around the world. They're banished. They're slaves to every nation in the world. That's why Jews are in every nation around the world. Because that's what happened right there. Like Jesus told them. Matthew 24 covers that. It did happen. And he says, I will not come back to you until you invite me and say... Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. They have not said that today. So, they here they are. And while they're away, a gap. Now, when God is not dealing with Israel, we call it a gap. When God is dealing with Israel, she doesn't lose battles. she wins win them. So, the continuous dealing with Israel until they cut off the Messiah. Once they cut him off, he stopped talking to them. He stopped. For example... In your Bible, between Malachi and the Book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four hundred years of silence went by. That's where this came into being. See right here, four hundred silence. Malachi is the last prophet. God quit talking. Then, Je- then John and Matthew showed up. Then Jesus showed up, and they're shocked. What's going on here? And then they killed them both, and he stopped talking again. And said, "I ain't talking no more till you call me back to come back." Right now. This gap is where we are, church. And that's what should turn the story you and me. Because this gap, when I discovered this gap, between the 6th and 9th week and the 70th week. And by the way, this 70th week is what the book of Revelation covers in a forecast. It hasn't happened yet, but it will happen. From Revelation chapter 6 to Revelation 19... It covers the entire week of events that will take place. So that's history written in advance concerning the nation of Israel, the rise and the fall of Israel, and the rise again of Israel. Now, so this gap here is closing up on us because this gap is is called this gap is called the period of grace. This gap is also called many days, between many years. This gap is also called the times of the Gentiles. This gap is when Israel is blinded in part, partially blinded. This gap is defined by scripture, says it's two days long, which is actually 2,000 years. That's why right now, you're reading about terrorism, earthquakes, famine, pestilence, storms, Murder, atrocities. Jesus talk about it. Paul defined as perilous times. First Thessalonians described it very well, and we're moving the first, piece, second, chapter three quite well, which is about Revelation period. Now, so we're about to consume this. In, so back to back up here in four forty five, between four forty five and three ninety six B C, they built the what? Rebuild the temple. And between 396 B.C. and the birth of Messiah they rebuilt Jerusalem in preparation for the coming Messiah in Jerusalem. He came, they crucified him. So when when they crucified him, they have no Messiah and they ceased to be a nation and they lost their city. And Gentiles overran it. That's why Palestinians are there. Just like in the beginning, when Nebuchadnezzar drove out Israel out of her homeland and burned it down, he brought in nations from around the world to occupy the place from which we get Samaritans. Samaritans are Gentiles who are brought from around the world to live in Israel in the absence of Israel, and they intermingle by co marrying, and they end up with Gentiles' marriage, and they call them what? Samaritans, half Jews. Right? now so right now we're in this time period here and so we know the 69 weeks is fulfilled for Israel also the time for the Gentiles is coming to a close because Daniel saw this here but he never saw us as Gentiles he didn't talk to us as Gentiles being saved he's talking about Israel's salvation never our salvation because to him there is no church church don't exist Right, Christ formed that church, and so to be fulfilled is the last week in the seventieth week, which is to come, Daniel nine twenty seven, and that is a seven year period, which will be spread into two halves, three and a half years and three and a half years. In the midpoint here, I, there's going to be a breaking of a covenant made between a man we call the Antichrist and Israel. He's is the man. That will bring peace in the Middle East. Right now, there are over 120,000 soldiers from Saudi Arabia, which are children of Lot, fighting against the Isis. Okay? And they form together. And, and we won't go into that tonight, but I'm telling you what's going on right now in terms of Israel as a nation. Alright? So the fig tree has blossomed in our day. So we know in 70 AD, Israel was driven out of her promised, promised land and the city burnt down, the temple destroyed but in 1948 it all came back together and they fulfilled Ezekiel 37 sometime in history to come Ezekiel 38 and 39 will be fulfilled with Russia and Islam and the Middle East going to go after her one more time that's not yet but we see it developing in the horizon it's coming on So we're witnessing all these things. We're witnessing some strange things in our world today. But they're not strange if you know the Scripture and know what time it is. That's why we live for God, church. If you always do what you've always done, you'll be caught doing what you've always used to do. All right? Now look at this here. When you read Daniel chapter 10 and 11, Daniel 10 tells you about that we're dealing not just with man, but angelic demonic spirits. Every city in the Middle East has an angel over them. There's a prince of the air over Greece. There's a prince of the air over Iran, over all those nations. And they wrestle in the spiritual world that you don't see. And Daniel is shown it, that the, the prince of Persia, And the prince of uh, Greece, uh, which is Greece, Greece, were fighting against Israel and fighting for dominance over the Palestine. Why? Because when when Alexander the Great, which reigned down here between 330 B.C. and 323 B.C., when he reigned, he died very young, and his four generals took over, and they fought each other. Until they shrunk to two kingdoms, which is the Egyptian kingdom and the Syrian kingdom. They're still in the news today. Alexander kingdoms switch right down to two major ones, and it's called the Ptolemy and the Seleucid. Seleucid means Syrian, and Ptolemy Egyptian king. Now all that's affecting us right now because in our news are still these countries: Persia, Iran, Greece, Syria, Egypt. Greece why are they still affecting us because all that was written for our learning and for our admonition, our warning upon whom the end of the world is on me and you it wasn't on Peter, it wasn't on James and John, we are the guy at the tailings friend. we're going to feel all of it, see all of it happening and we're seeing it, even though we don't understand it, but it's happening and it won't reverse nothing, God is doing now, when I read chapter 10 and chapter 11, that's Daniel talking to us still. But Daniel saw two kingdoms reign, the, uh, the kingdom of, of Iraq and the kingdom of Persia. He saw them both, right? The Grecian kingdom never saw it. I didn't live that long, correct? didn't live that long, but he talked about them. All right, so here's what happened. When I read chapter 11 of Daniel, verse 1 to 2, Talks about the Iranian kingdom. Verse three to four talk about the Grecian Empire. And verses five to twenty describe the Grecian Empire scrub into four and then into two, and then up with the Syrian aspect of it and the Egyptian aspect of it. And now those two kings, which are the remnant of the the Great Kingdom, struggle for dominance for the Middle East, while Israel is being run over by both sides. Because if you look at the map how they're situated, Israel is right in the middle. You understand? So uh, you know, it's like Canada. If the United States and Russia is fighting and Russia sent a bomb to the United States and the uh, anti missile hit the, the Russian bomb, it's gonna fall right in Canada. <laughs> Either way it's gonna fall here. We're in the middle, so we're gonna get it all. We'll get shot at from every angle. Same thing here. So the king of the north is Syria, and the king of the south back then in the scripture is Egypt. And then we see, that's, his, that's history, right? And we see uh, Syria had a, a wicked king called Antiochus Epiphany, and he is the forerunner of the Antichrist. God used him to do everything Revelation described to us that the Antichrist is going to do in detail, and to tell us that the Antichrist will come out of Syria. Now, the United States is very smart, not just to go run in there and try to overcome Syria, because Syria has more power and a better army than the ones they, they beat up, like like uh, smaller countries, right? You know, we say in the Caribbean, monkey knows who's the fool. <laughs> right? Don't play with those. You know The United States will not attack China, because she knows. She will not attack Russia, because she knows they got missiles, right? And she won't play with them, and she won't attack... Uh, many countries with missiles of of equal quality like the states has. Alright, so Joseph Epiphany did to Israel everything in Revelation. I won't go into that tonight in detail. So that's future. When you read from chapter 11, verse 1 to 35, that's history. But that's history of things to be repeated. To be repeated. Understand that? It will be repeated. Everything in the Old Testament is being repeated in the New. That's why God don't need a new Bible. Man has not changed. All right? Then the future, Daniel saw all this before it happens, and it's predicting these, because the angels told him what going to happen. And history bears this out, that these things did happen. But history cannot write, verse 36, verse 45, because it's not it has not yet happened, but we the generation of the end time are seeing this, because Daniel was told this is for many days to come. Many, many years to come. You are living in the time when we see airplane flies in the sky, noise have increased, in their day they ride donkeys. I can go from here to, to the states in a few minutes or a few hours in their day take years months right they can look with a tube down and see what your heart looked like without cutting it open <laughs> they can operate on the inside without even cutting it open right they can do all these great things knowledge has increased to the men almost think they're gods with science falsely so called right now in verse 36-39 the Antichrist is described God described our wars today before they happened read verse 36-39 and you see the battle who's fighting whom and verse 4 to 40, 5 we see the struggle of the Antichrist as he struggled with Egypt and Syria and all the other countries of the world God named them anybody who's not named they're not important I don't care how they flex their muscles. I don't care what's the Caribbean, Africa, China are here. If they're not in the Scripture, they're not important. The only ones that are important are the ones that God named. They're the significant ones that are going to impact the life and the times of Israel. And that's all God concerned about Israel. Now, we have prophecy in the Bible that they will... Divide up the land of Jerusalem in Micah 5.2, Joel three two, Zechariah fourteen one 2, three, Zechariah 12one to three. We know for a fact the land will be parted. That's exactly what Obama wants to do. But he's not the man for the job. England tried to do it called the Trans Jordan divide, was split the land between the Palestinians and Jordanians and Jordan lost it in the Six-Day War. But yes, they did split the land. England did it, and France, and some more countries come together and did it, and split it down the line, and they lost the battle, and now Israel has it all. Now, when Obama said, let's go back to the, the, the pre-war condition, he's saying, go back to the split that Israel, that England did. But when England split the land, England declined, the sun did set on an England because they betrayed Israel. Right now, I draw this map here to show you that the times that we're living in. And if you, if you really want to be a student of the Bible and understand your times, you see, I'm looking for God. You know, I told my wife there's a certain thing we want to do. I want my wife and I to be saved. I want to be saved. I plan to be saved. I'm not going to hell. I promise you that much. I'm not going to make a fire for no reason at all. And there's some things I need to live and, and, and pay attention to. And these scriptures mean a lot to me. Psalms 83. 2 Peter 3. 3 2 Peter chapter 3. Micah 5. 2. zechariah 14. Daniel 12. Ezekiel 38. 39. 2 Thessalonians 2. And 1 Thessalonians 5. Zechariah 13. Joel 3. 1-2. Matthew 24. And all these scriptures mean a lot to me. It gives me a perspective, a mosaic of the times I'm living in. They're not unrelated, they are related. These are (coughs) forecasting of pre-second coming events. They're happening. And we're told this because of how it impacts the nation of Israel. Israel is the problem in the world. I don't mean she caused the problem, but she's the problem. If you read the 12th chapter of Zechariah, and read the 14th chapter, you find the whole nation of the world is having war because of her. All these wars are over her. All the world probably because of Israel. But why is it so? Because demons are against that nation. And how do I know that? The 12th chapter of Revelation tells you that the red dragon with seven heads and ten horns... With crowns on it, oh, you know, persecute the woman who brought the man child Christ Jesus, who was caught up to his throne. So you see, we know that all the wars, all the problems in Africa and Europe and around the world, because of Israel, all of it. Yes, Satan is going after her and the church, and. Nations are getting involved in it, and they can't help it because they're, they're nations that were, are from the Gentiles' stock. The Gentiles hate anything of God. Right? Alright? Look at this right here. In Revelation 12, we see the eagle is involved, which is actually the United States, and the woman, which is Israel, and the dragon, which is the devil. But the seven heads and ten horns is the same as the mother of harlots, which is Rome. And Rome is linked with the Middle East, even though you guys don't know it. I heard from, from my own ears, the Pope says, somebody got to stop ISIS. Now, the Pope can't do it, but the Pope got friends who can. And the Pope friends are, are the Ten Toes. And the Ten Toes will stop ISIS eventually. That war cannot be avoided. It must happen. It's going to happen. And Obama has no... Recourse, but he involved himself in the fight because the, the Transatlantic alliance between between uh, Europe, Canada, and also America is part of the UN system and a part of the uh, the uh, European system, and they're going to fight the Middle East eventually. Now, while they're fighting, Israel's in the middle of it. Here's a time clock. Look very carefully, guys. These three things govern our lives. I know it doesn't look like many tonight, but I want to remind you what the Bible says: "Fear not, little flock. It is the Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom." Many are called to salvation, but only few will be chosen. Many will seek to enter in and shall not be able. I've proven since I've been here, 1980, that miracles don't let people live for God. I've seen people that God worked miracles for, outstanding miracles, and they know it was supernaturally done. The prediction was accurate, God did it, and they still are unfaithful, disloyal, and not trustworthy with God it didn't turn them one bit. They're unfaithful. So that don't save people. That's why it says to the apostle, don't come tell me I'm a devil a subject to you. You'd be glad that your names are written in the book of life. That's what matters. Because they're going to they're tell them, Lord, we work miracles and the sound ones are, look, I don't care what you work, you are not going to enter in. Now, Israel... While Israel is trying to find a way to God, the church is getting oil in her lamps. The church should be getting our wedding garment spotless. The church is an ambassadoral ministry on earth whose job is to, like pilgrims, sojourners, passing through, this is not your home unless you plan to be here with the devil. You're here until he says your work is done, gone. But our people live like they belong here forever. Like Lot, you know, sit at the gate and get promoted by the devil and get destroyed. Lot got messed up. Lot died a caveman. (laughs) Okay? Look at this now, folks. The Gentile clock says there's three minutes to midnight. Are they right? Are they wrong? I don't know. That's what they say. Daniel chapter 2 tells us the time we're living in is the ten toes. Daniel chapter 2. That means I should expect a stone to be cut out sometime of the mountain. It means that humanity is coming out of divinity to destroy humanity works on earth. Meaning the man Christ Jesus will come out of himself and become a man and destroy all the mankind works on this earth. He is that little stone and the mountain meaning the Godhead. He came out of himself to do these things. Right? So we're in the ten toes the ten European current market I know there are lots of countries that join it but they're not the prime ones folks they're not it remember that there are many antichrists but there's one true antichrist just so there are many antichrists already but there's one particular guy he's dealing with I understand that (coughs) and that guy is a he alright so we know that Israel is also a time clock so we've got three clocks we're working with atomic nuclear clock we've got the time of the Gentile, which is the ten toes of Dan chapter 2 and the 70 weeks that are predetermined on the nation of Israel God said after 70 weeks I will accomplish certain things in the life of Israel at the end of 70 weeks beloved look at this meaning God Israel will be in here ...in the millennium right here. It's the millennium right here. That's where the 70 weeks will have ended... ...at His coming... ...and He will accomplish all that He planned to do. It's Christ's agenda. It's Christ's calendar... ...of what must be accomplished... ...when He comes. Before that, He cannot come. You can't fast enough to pray enough to make Him come. You can't have enough revival to force His coming... He cannot come until this week is finished. Just like his birth was on the 6th and 9th week. I understand that. He came on the 6th and 9th week, and he shall return on the 70th week. Alright, 7 weeks in history. The temple was rebuilt before Christ was born. In 62 weeks, Jerusalem was rebuilt. By the way, let me tell you about the 60 weeks during that time period. In that time period, that's when the Grecian Empire came into existence and Alexander the Great reigned. And that's when people talk about the Maccabean, the lost books. Garbage. Those lost books are false, spurious books. We call it (laughs) pseudopographica. And in the Vulgate, Latin Vulgate, got books there that were not in our Bible. The right books are called homoglomania, meaning homo, mean, together. Okay? Of the same kind. Those that were not are called pseudographia or antiglomania. Okay? Now, the people who, who wrote the scriptures are called amanuenses. We call them secateurs today. And Emanuensis is a scribe that writes. These were authorized by God to copy the Bible and give it to us. Now the Septuagint was, was developed during the Alexandrian period, the time of the Grecian Empire. A Greek language was everywhere and Socrates and, and Plato and all those guys were around. And so the Greek language was the, was the language of the world. And the word Septuagint means 70. 70 Jewish rabbi translate the Hebrew scripture into Greek. The the, the Jews can't speak Hebrew no more. Now, one of the restoration today is they're going back to their pure language, Hebrew. They got their city back, their language back, nationhood. They're going back to their historical beginning. Are you with me? That's that's what they did. Now, the Septuagint—that's what Jesus read when Jesus Christ came. He didn't read Hebrew to them; he read Greek and spoke Amaric. Amaric is Ethiopic language. On on the cross they have three different languages above his head. What was it Latin, Greek, and Hebrew. The three primordial powers of the day. Are you with me? And they put over his head as if they were a conqueror of him. Now, so the Septuagint, what they have. Your Bible is, is from the Septuagint, or, and also the Masoretic Bible. The Masoretic Bible are Jews, Masoretic Jews, who are legitimate Jews. Because they're false Jews, like scribes, Pharisees, Essenes, and, and all these other guys came up, and zealots, and zealotes, and Herodians they are false. Jesus had to deal with them in his day, did he not? You read in the Bible. You have to deal with them. Now, they corrupted Israel. They did. And then he got the Masoretics, right? And so the Septuagint. And it's from that come the Texas Receptacles Bible, which we have today, right? Now, we won't go into that in, in detail, but I'm telling you this, folks, it's all has to due to Israel. Now, when God stopped talking through Malachi, all these different groups came up. But guess what? When Antiochus Epiphany... Back here, this guy here. When he was causing problems, right here, he was forcing the Israelites, the Jews, to practice Greek mythology. It's called Hellenization. I've heard that word before. Forcing Jews to practice Greek mythology. They refused. But there were those that forsook the covenant, which Daniel talked about. They forsook the covenant and bought into it. And the Jews stoned them and killed them, right? And so there's, there's inter-fighting between the Jews. And they saw the high priest's office. That's how Herod came into existence. Into, into existence and so they saw the priesthood. But then a family rose up and said, we ain't going to do nothing, they say. They called the Maccabean family. So, Mr. Maccabees' four sons, they said, we are not going do it. And they fought and they won. They won the battle against this Syrian king. Okay? And as a result, they brought back the, the, the system to Israel. But well, then again, it fell in disrepute and so on and so forth. Now, why I'm taking all that. These time clocks here are in operation as I speak I know there's a conflagration right now in in, in the the Middle East. I know there's war going on. I know where it's going to end. I know who's going to win. I know who's going to to do what. But the people of the world don't know. CNN don't know. CBC don't know. Because the Bible is the only one can tell you what's going on. You and I should be focusing on this gap. And Paul says so much the more as we see the day approaching. What day approaching? The day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is in in Isaiah 13 means vengeance and anger and wrath. And we're not pointing to that. Now, Daniel 9, let's go that. Back to the chart again. Look at it, folks. Look at it real good. Now, I know you say, Pastor, you're overfeeding me. No, I'm not overfeeding you. I promise myself, I will not keep it too late. So, I'm gabbing fast for you to get it. But I hope you, you pay some attention at least even 1% of what I say. You belong to the peer of the gap. If you go past the gap, you're left behind. You're left behind. Woe is your situation. Just, you don't want to be here. If you think now it's evil, it's just like cutting our heads off and paths running riding planes and mountains. You ain't seen nothing yet. you got ten times worse. If I said they're going to kill one another. Peace will be taken out of the earth. So, you can't have enough police force to stop atrocities because God already forecasted it. You just don't want to be here when all hell break loose. Alright? Now, back to our 70 weeks, folks. The purpose is a predetermined 70 weeks and we're in chapter 9, 23, 24. Here are the reasons for the 70 weeks. The goal for Israel, not for Gentiles, for Israel. Why 70 weeks, God? Here's why. Number one, to finish the transgression of Israel, to make an end of sins and iniquity in Israel. Number th- and to make a reconciliation for the nation of Israel, and to bring in everlasting righteousness for Israel, and to seal up all visions concerning Israel, and to seal up all prophecy concerning Israel, and to anoint the Most Holy, the Messiah, that comes. When God fits dealing with Israel, Canada, United States, and America, and China will cease to exist in world power. The fourth kingdom will be the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Here are the kingdoms in operation right now. Iraq, Persia, the Grecian, the Romans. One, two, three, four. And then Christ will be the last one. Now, this one in Rome is in in subsection. So, it's one, two, three, and Rome is the fourth one. Right? And so, the fifth one will be Christ's kingdom. But Rome is the longest-lasting kingdom. Because Rome is not just political. She's also ecclesiastical. She does not separate religion from politics. She makes the two. Right? Now, so you know, in chapter nine of Daniel, in verse twenty-three, twenty-four, why, why the seventy weeks It's against the people or for the people in the city? When Christ died, He did not accomplish any of those for Israel. Israel's are die. Israelites are dying in their sins. John eight twenty-four. Except you believe I am He, you will what? die in your sins. The nation of Israel will never be saved until Jesus comes. Individual Jews can be saved. Individual Israelites can be saved. But nationally, they cannot be saved until He comes and saves them. Personally. And that salvation comes in chapter 12, 13, and 14 of the book of Zacharias. Very plainly tell you how you're going to do it. And all these Gentiles who are trying to convert Israel They are wasting their time. A bunch of silly people. They can't do a thing about it. They can't help Israel at all. It's not their job to do it. <laughs> they're missing the mark. Their job is to save their fellow men until God closed the door. Now, back to my chart, folks. I'm showing you in your scripture. Now, do you have a here, please. Uh, on the board, uh, or in your Bible, it's best in your Bible, because you, you have it in your Bible. Daniel 9 25, 26. And 27, I want you to go there. I want, I want you, church, I got a responsibility to you to feed your knowledge and understanding. I want you to go to your Bible and tell me if I'm in the way of your camera. Please guide me so I don't get in the way of the camera. Okay? But I want you to know how to handle your sword, the Bible. That your wisdom and your faith don't stand in this bastard and even talking to you, but you know where it's found. Okay, verse 25, chapter 9, its history is fulfilled. The fulfillment is mentioned very plainly in the book of Ezra. Ezra fulfilled the first seven weeks, the book of Ezra, and the book of Haggai. First seven weeks, the temple was rebuilt the next six or two weeks from that time the walls of Jerusalem and the city was rebuilt in verse 26 the book of Nehemiah gave you a full detailed account how it was done and all in preparation of the coming Messiah I understand that it's like today Israel has got to be in her homeland for Christ to come and meet her there right? Is all alright folks then the Messiah is born. Malachi, chapter, I think 4 or 3 is fulfilled, right there in the spot. The Lord whom you seek will suddenly the to his what? Temple. He was born, and they didn't know till two years later. Two years later they found out that he was born. When the wise men came, it was already late, it was two years after the fact. Is that right? Mary had no help or any midwife to help her. Joseph was the midwife. (laughs) Chapter 3 of the book of Malachi, Christ is born. The Lord comes sending to his temple, showed up. Then they killed him, exactly as Isaiah 53 says it would be. They killed him. When he died, Israel became desolate. Matthew 24 tells you that that there's a prince coming where no stone will be left one upon another. will all fall down. It happened after he left. See, the left desolate. Matthew 24 discussed that. church is not plain. It happened in the year 70 A.D. So the people of the, of... the prince of the people. Prince mean two things. Satan and also the prince of Rome. Because Satan is called the prince of the air. Huh? And the Roman prince Titus, who was not yet a, 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 a king, he came and destroyed the whole city. And after him came another one called, uh, I think it was At- Ataliah, what his name was. Another king came after him, can't remember his name now, and destroyed the whole thing. One destroyed the temple, one destroyed the city, and chased Israel out. And renamed Jerusalem, Capitoloni and destroyed the city. Israel could never be there, so the Palestinians do not belong there. Palestinians are Jordanians who went there and occupied the unoccupied land. And the kids grew up there and said, so no, it's our land. Israel returned later on and said, I want my land's back. They said, no, it's ours. So they're fighting today over that situation. Alright, so the Gap, I'm explaining to you that they got to the gap mean. The means they're no longer a nation, right? No longer a nation, and we learn, Isaiah six one two, how long the gap will last. Isaiah six one two says it will last two days. Isaiah three four to five says many days, which means many years. Romans eleven twenty five call that gap the times of the Gentiles. And beloved, we've eaten up all that time. Part of the time is far spent we're now closer than we've ever been in a day apart from natural death Christ could show up right now anytime. say to God someday you're going to turn around and thank God you're in this church you're going to thank God what did preachers to you because this is going to happen to the world suddenly snare them they're not going to be ready for it suddenly amen Alright, now, so this gap right here, right? In Daniel, we read that in Daniel, alright, there's going to be desolation, right? 25, 26 says that, chapter 9. And then, the long-awaited time is for Revelation. We are in the book of Revelation right now, chapter 1 to chapter 4. We go there. That's where you are in Revelation right now. And you're bordering on chapter 5. You're waiting for chapter 4 to give that cow off to heaven. For the four to get into heaven. Chapter 5, you're before the throne. Chapter 6, you're watching him open the seal. Right now you are a bride in waiting. We are the virgins waiting for the bridegroom to come. Christ is the bridegroom. We are the church. We're waiting. He said it will come at midnight. Midnight is when they left Egypt. Is that right? On their way to a promised land. Now, if a pastor don't teach that, he's missing the mark. I'm sorry. I don't care what he's preaching. If me miss all this. He's out of tune with the time. I can study Genesis from now until Jesus come and miss the mark. You've got to stay on the time log with God. What is God's agenda? In the fullness of time. God sent His Son. When well, the day of Pentecost was fully come. Huh? There's a time when it must come to pass. Jesus says, my time is not yet in the devil. knew It's not time yet to torment me. And I'm not wasting my time. I know where we are. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm looking for God with knowledge and understanding. I know where we're going. Alright? Look at this right here. This seven year period here it, it, it's, it's something goes the revelation from chapter one to the, to the end I want to give you an understanding of this a lot of preachers tell you it's, it's history they're wrong they're dead wrong it's not history it's forecasting amen if that's history then you tell me why is the devil running loose in revelation I find he's in lake of fire why am I being tempted? Come on now, folks. You tell me. Why is there no peace on earth? Christ died for the sins of the world, but haven't saved the world. Alright? So, the future. So, we know seven weeks is fulfilled, the temple in the Old Testament. The 62 weeks, Messiah is born and killed. Now, we're in the gap period, heading for the 70th week, which is in Revelation. folks, it may not be coming us to others, but it better be to you. Look at my chart. Am I doing good so far? How about you, young kids? back? Is it all right? Or are you just ignore me? Have <laughs> I lost already? Oh yeah, am I lost you. I like that. I haven't lost her. I give five dollars for that. I haven't lost her. <laughs> Who else won five dollars? <laughs> <laughs> alright it's important to realize Daniel's vision is about in chapter 9 is about the rebuilding of the temple rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem prior to the coming of the Messiah the first time it's important for you to know that folks because Jesus history in 2 AD and BC BC before he came AD after he came and Daniel chapter 9, D with A, D, and what? B, C. I understand that? He says, after they kill them, then there's desolation determined. Right? Okay. So, you know this for a fact. Solomon's temple was destroyed by who? Iraq! And, Zerubbabel temple and Ezra temple were destroyed by who? Rome! And Rome destroy their city. Right? And Rome is that beast with the seven heads and ten horns and that little horn sitting up there. Which is Antichrist. And they're bothering Israel. Okay? Now folks, this is a repeat right here. What do I have here? After seven years, return, like Jeremiah said, the return rebuild the walls and the city and also the temple and they did it Until the coming of the Messiah is six to nine weeks then the Messiah shall be, shall be crucified after sixty nine weeks he was like Isaiah 53 described it in detail and then Jesus Christ described the destruction of Rome I mean of the temple and the city after his death in 70 AD was fulfilled when when Titus came and destroyed amen and then we read later on that another prince came and destroyed and chased Israel out of the land of, of Palestine for good. They never returned until 1948, like Jesus says, when you see the fig tree blossom. Right? Fig tree mean Israel. And it happened. They came a nation and they fulfilled uh, Ezekiel 37. All right? So the fig tree has blossomed. You've seen it. You're here. Now, some of you were born in the 70s. You weren't born back then. Uh, most of you are born in the 80s. You're, you're young people. are not, not, not like me. I was born in 1948, so I'm older than you are about. Too many years. Now, if you want to swap age, I don't mind doing that. You know, I don't mind swapping age with some mean, of you guys right now. Because you don't seem to enjoy youth. I, I love my youth. If you're going to give me your youth, that's fine. But 1948, I was around. I was born in June. That of June, 1940, years when I was born. Right in the year when, when Israel became a nation just after World War II. So how old am I? Pretty old. You know? I have so I was born uh, the year nineteen eighty I thought, boy, you're young. Nineteen eighty? Man. Two thousand. I bought you two thousand. Anybody here born two thousand? Anybody here born year two thousand? Stand up, please. The year two thousand. Anybody here born 1495? Stand up, please. So <laughs> you, you just don't want to tell. But before I close, I'm going to beat you to the time. I'm telling you, I'm not going to overfeed you tonight. I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to stop right here. And overfeed you. All right. Right here. See? Rome destroyed the temple, the city, the nation, and left them desolate. God brought them back miraculously in 1948 to nationhood. Now Israel must fulfill Hosea chapter 3 and abide many days without a prophet, a priest, or a king. And we're seeing the time of the Gentiles come to a close. Israel was broken off we were grafted in and now that's coming to a close. Now after that we're seeing here when I I add 1948 okay, this is wrong right here that should be oh, that's where we are, that's today this is today right and somewhere here is 2018 now Pastor Neal believed by 2018, the fig tree blossom will come to full fulfillment and fruition. The generation will be completed. Let's stand. Can you guys really believe that? I'm finishing on time so we can go to Boston. I'm going to take my wife to Boston. <laughs> or McDonald's (laughs) or Kentucky Fried Chicken (laughs) but folks back in a serious note here I'm not predicting the day and the hour when Christ is going to come for the church or the second coming but I know the seasons I know for Israel in 445 B.C. before Christ came in preparation for his return, I mean, for his first coming, they rebuilt their temple, the Zerubbabel temple, which then became Herod's temple, and they rebuilt the city, and the city walls, Ezra and Nehemiah, and Haggai, talk about it, is that right? And then, Zechariah also prophesied, concerning his, his second coming, but not his first coming. Are you with me? Good. Christ came and died, like uh, Daniel says, he would. He was born and died in one verse. He all that. In one verse. He was born and then he died. In one verse. It's amazing. how God like to do that. And he came and died. And then after he died, he fulfilled Isaiah 53. And then Christ came and prophesied in Matthew 24 that 70 A.D. would become amen, uh, a reality. And a king or emperor, or Aurelius, I think his name was, came in 167 and drove Israel out of Palestine completely get out of this country and said if you come back here I'm going to murder you all so no Jew was allowed to live in Israel not even one they were chased out and they got favor with God in 940 they came back to rebuild their lost nationhood their lost temple their lost city and they're doing, in troublesome times, and Daniel talked about it. And when Daniel want more explanation, God said, No! Seal the book. And God told John, Apostle John, Don't seal the book. Because now release it. So, we don't see fulfill yet. I don't, I don't plan to be here on the 70th week. I don't plan to be here when Jesus Christ come angry, and First Thessalonians chapter five says I'm not supposed to be here. First Thessalonians chapter four tells me how I'm gonna leave here, and First Corinthians fifteen tells me what's gonna to happen to me when I leave here. And church, the next time we study, we to study all this here. Oh, hallelujah. Question from this side. I want you, Pentecost, future first guys, ask me, give me back what I just talked to you about. Like, what did it say? What did I say, guys? Tell me, what did it say? Come on, tell me. What do you remember? No, I didn't say hot dog. I said, more remember that. What did I say? I know that young sister came told me she was by year year 2000. She got good memory. Sister, tell me what I uh, said. Tell me. What did I say? How many toes Daniel got? 15? I want to think Dan got 15 toes. I want to think Dan got 15 toes. 10? How do you know? Have you seen his toes? You're guessing. Okay, what did what, what I preach tonight?